Hello, I'm Troy Abels from Hanford, California, and you are listening to Gospel Tangents. The best source for Mormon history, science, and theology. I'm Rick Bennett. In our final conversation with punk rock polygamist Moroni Jessup, we're going to cover a very interesting secret among the All Red group. It turns out that many of them may have black blood. So anyway, we'll continue to talk about some of the myths that circulate in fundamentalism. And Moroni, the TikTok star, is going to talk a little bit about his channel. And uh, so you won't want to miss this conversation. Check it out. Mm-hmm. So I'm always gun shy and a little hesitant about approaching other communities. Like there's one community that I like and a lot in Missouri. Oh yeah, well, and, they're former uh, AUB too, right? Yeah, they have well, that's Joe's AUB. group. What's that? <laughs> Joe Jessup's group. Oh yeah, so it's former AUB, former Centennial Park, uh, a lot of LeBarons, a lot of Independents. Oh, and they're all like a mishmash and a conglomeration that have met there. But uh, I'm like, gosh, you know, I really would like to associate more with this group, except I don't know what, when they fi- find out about it, because they're inevitably going to find out about it, probably, especially now. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, are they going to accept me? But it turns out that that community in and of itself is having a test case where they're questioning the priesthood ban. Mm-hmm. And mainly because there's a, a young man in that group who took a plural wife who's of African descent. The which, wife is of African yeah, descent. Yeah, which blows me, blows my mind. So, I, you know, and ever since I did this presentation. Was it one of those more three percenters? Because no, there's nobody that's going to look at you, Moroni, and say, oh, he's black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, she, no, she's, she's, uh, she's not like a full, full uh, African, but there's, there's like a percentage. I think that her mother's like half. Oh, so, so she would be a quarter. Yeah. Oh, so that's. I mean, this like, is terrible to say, but that's significant, you know. Yeah, but uh, it 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 has caused it has stirred some waves a little bit. It's not without incident, but this, this community formed a committee whose purpose was to um, to um, explore the whole concept of whether the uh, and whether the priesthood ban is a thing. And they've had some that have come up to the conclusion, like me, that the priesthood ban isn't a thing. And there's some that uh, are like undecided on it, and then there's some that uh, that uh, believe in the priesthood ban. But the thing about those who still believe in the priesthood ban, they're willing to admit that they could be wrong, which is a huge step. Yeah, I mean, as far as fundamentalists go. So, so, uh, and ever since I did the presentation at Sunstone last year, I can't tell you how many fundamentalists have come up to me and said. I believe the same way you do, Moroni. I just don't know what to do with that information. I don't know how to, mm-hmm. you know, how to process it or how to move forward. I think community. there are, and I know one group. I won't name them, but there is one group that I've had a few conversations with, and I said, "Look, if you believe in the ban, like, don't be casting stones at the elders. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're just as guilty, uh, even more so, because at least we got rid of it in '78." Yeah. Um, and I think this group is slowly, very slowly opening up to possibly allowing uh, black members. Because as you said, they can't even get baptized in these groups, right? Isn't right. that true? Right. Um, independent, AUB, FLDS, like it doesn't matter. You, you can't even get baptized. Right. Yeah. So... I I mean, 
when I heard your presentation last year, I was just like, holy cow, this is amazing. Um, and I, I really appreciate you. I hope, well, I was, you also told me that some of my interviews have made the rounds in fundamentalist groups, which I think oh, yeah. is fantastic. Oh yeah. I mean, even Ann Wild, um, cause Ogden Kraut wrote a book about the band. And right. so she's, I, I remember she said, well, I don't really want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> she sat in on my presentation. Yeah. And I, I wondered the whole time what she thought about it. Oh, I do. I always <laughs> wonder. Because I even said to Joe, I'm actually speaking in September um, at the John Whitmer conference yeah. in, in Texas. Uh, I'm going to talk about early black Mormons because I've oh, cool. identified five or six. I'm fighting with Paul Reed. <laughs> this Joseph Ball... I'll, I'll give you guys a preview of my presentation. I always heard that he held the priesthood, too. Oh, he held the priesthood. There's no question yeah. that Joseph Ball held the priesthood. The question is, uh, Paul says that on all the census records, he's listed as white. Now, clearly his father was Jamaican. Uh, he, was, he was probably mixed race. Maybe really like... Uh, Paul says he was so light-skinned that people didn't recognize that he was black. Yeah. Um, so it's hard. It's hard. It, you, it could be argued that it was a, m a mistake, which I hate that word. Because, but anyway, I mean, from the from a racist point of view, it was a mistake that Joseph Ball was ordained. Clearly, he has black blood. Yeah. Clearly, he has black ancestry. Um, so it's hard to say that he broke the color line if he was light-skinned. Um, but clearly, he had black blood. Um, and I still hold him up as, as kind of a hero. Well, I think it's cool. But To throw a monkey wrench in the whole all red genealogy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there was a, I met with a woman over in Idaho, and she showed me, and I wish I had a copy. Um, James Allred was the first Allred convert to the church. Um, and uh, um, his wife, Elizabeth Allred, um, she was uh, a seamstress. She is the first seamstress to make garments for Joseph Smith. She and her husband, James, were sealed in the red brick store. Okay. And uh, I saw with my own eyes her census record. Um, Born in the late 1700s, it listed mulatto. Really? Yeah. So um, all the all reds have black blood. Apparently. <laughs> uh, to be fair, though, I think that like Rulon and all them came from a different all red brand. Okay. <laughs> I think that uh, uh, James Allred and their descendant were like brothers. But still, I yeah. mean, they are not an insignificant part of the early Mormon history. Right. You know. Um, and my whole thing is that we ought to be able to question it. And this is where fundamentalists agree on me, uh, disagree with me on it. They say that we shouldn't question this because we are not in a position where we can question the early brethren. But uh, my, my plea with fundamentalists is that we place ourselves in a position where we have dialogue and talk about it and question it. And uh, because if we're wrong, I mean, just think, 
you know, and of course this is coming from the assumption that Mormonism is true, like I believe, that uh, we've done a great disservice to our black brothers and sisters. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just think of what Mormonism would look like right now if we had not had that restriction. Oh, I know. So, so, uh, and this is still a sensitive topic. I've had family members and other people call me on the carpet on this, Mm -hmm. you know, but... uh, but facts don't matter. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I don't know why, uh, for whatever reason, this is such a fascinating... The topic of race, especially in the church, is such an important topic to me. It may not be my listener's favorite topic, <laughs> but it sure is mine. <laughs> and uh, and I'm speaking at Whitmer, and so come come to Texas oh in gosh, September. I, I might have to go to Whitmer just to hear you speak. So, because <laughs> so, um, I've identified about a half dozen that there are, I'll, I will say, are significant pieces to the race ban. And some of them were even ordained after Joseph Smith died. So, um, yeah. So, I think it's pretty safe to say Brigham is the author. It was not Joseph Smith. We cannot right. blame this on Joseph Smith right. at all. Um, and so, I am still curious. People like Ann Wild, what do you think about this? Because I've got like real data, but you know, facts be damned. In some cases, I think because they just it's so personal to them that they don't care what the history says. But the history says... It's one of the pillars of fundamentalism. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's a terrible pillar. We need to knock that one down. Like, we need to bring Samson and knock that down. I agree. And, uh, you know, uh, fundamentalists have created a lot of um, apocryphal accounts, mythical accounts of... uh, you know, there's. I'm sure you've heard some of them, like uh, Joseph Smith went to Elijah Abel with tears in his eyes and said, the Lord has told me that the ordination that you received is not valid and that you don't hold the priesthood, you know. And they'll, uh, they'll talk about those. And the thing that baffles me is that we talk about in Mormonism all things being established by the mouth of two or more witnesses. And the only witness that we have that Joseph Smith taught uh, the priesthood ban is is uh, Zebedee Coltrane, mm-hmm. who said he heard it from somebody else, or uh, Abraham O. Smith. Well, Zebedee Coltrane just lied. He like just he lied ordained lied. Elijah Abel and then lied about yeah, right. it. And then uh, Abraham O. Smith was a slave owner. He was. You know, and so these are the these are the witnesses that we have that we've established this doctrine with. It's time to revisit it. It's mm-hmm. time to it's time to sit down and say you know is this really a thing? So yeah, it it, it shouldn't have ever been a thing. Um, you know, one of the things that I like to do is point to Strangites and Community of Christ and Bickertonites and say, well, look, they never had a ban. Um, I am learning. <laughs> In fact, I will just mention this really quickly. Um, I went to Community of Christ World Conference in April, and apparently Joseph Smith III had a revelation asking about the ban, 
And in the Revelation, it uses a term that we would no longer use, which would be Negroes. Um, but it basically said, eh, let's be careful. We probably shouldn't ordain them. Um, and so they, there was a resolution in the conference. I think it's section 116, if I remember right, that their section 116, they wanted to remove it from the Doctrine and Covenants because, I mean, even though they didn't have a ban, they were like, we really need to be careful about ordaining black people. And so they want to just get rid of it. Um, and th there were arguments, well, it was historical. You know, we just need to deal with racism as it is. Um, and so I don't think the community of Christ, while they didn't have a ban, their record is not clean <laughs> yeah. when it comes to race. And so... Um, it, it's an, but some of the people that were there were blaming their section 116 on Brigham Young and saying, well, this was just a reaction to what Brigham Young was doing. And I was like, really? So <laughs> their discrimination is, they're still blaming it on Brigham Young. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's part of our history that I really need to become more well-versed on, especially since this is a topic I'm going to be you know, further exploring that, uh, you know, this affected our brothers over in the community of Christ also. Oh, yeah. And so um, Joseph Ball, no, nah, I shouldn't give my whole presentation. <laughs> I'll just Save leave some that of the two. i got to say, I'll hold some back. But um, I'm hopefully going to record it, and hopefully I'll release it in a future episode so people can hear it. But, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of interesting stuff on this. Um, I will say the Bickertonite Church ordained a black apostle in the early 1900s. And oh, wow. so, God bless them. Like, I think that's fabulous. And so, um, I, I need to learn more about them. But they, of all the restoration groups that date to Brigham Young, let's say, are probably the most racially progressive of any group. Wow. So... That's awesome. Yeah. We're meeting right before the day before Sunstone. Yep. Um, I'm not going to release this until after Sunstone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'll keep mum the word. Uh, but would you care to give a little preview of, or it'll be a review when people hear this, <laughs> <laughs> so, of what you're going to talk about this weekend? Um so Lindsay kind of gave me the topic, and uh, the theme, I think, is mainstreaming Mormonism. And so since I have a, um, a kind of a healthy presence on TikTok, she wanted me to focus on, um, on uh, you know, uh, social media and Mormon fundamentalism. So, so my, uh, my uh, title of my speech is... Uh, Publishing Glad Tidings, which is an excerpt from Eliza Arsenault's uh, hymn, The Time is Far Spent. And it's called uh, Moving Mormon Fundamentalism uh, into the Digital Age. Oh, okay. So I kind of do a review. And the way I do it, I mean, you know, everything is personal anecdote. You know, um, I, when I was watching, uh, the other day when I was watching your interview with Paul Reeve, he was talking about how he has a hard time talking in the first person about his own experiences. I'm the opposite. Everything that I encounter in Mormonism has to be through my own personal lens. 
Mm. and my own personal experiences. So it's all full of personal anecdotes. But I talk about um, I talk about um, how uh, in the early days of our community in Arizona, how we printed up pamphlets and handed them out at ward houses <laughs> as, a, as a way to try to do missionary work. And I follow that, to, you know, doing chat rooms and chat groups and Yahoo groups and Facebook. And Yahoo million. groups is still a thing? No, I, I'm reviewing the past. Okay. <laughs> all the various forums and platforms that I use to discuss Mormon fundamentalism, all the way up to currently now TikTok and Facebook. And, okay. You know. And so I, I got a slide presentation. I have, uh, I, I really liked how the younger generation of Mormon fundamentalists, like the more, uh, millennials and Gen Z, are relying on memes and stuff to uh, to convey concepts and uh, like a lot of the older generations, that kind of is beyond them to understand or appreciate the humor or see the message they're trying to convey. But there's a lot of meme groups for Mormon fundamentalists now, oh, okay. where the younger fundamentalists are making memes. So I got a whole bunch of funny memes in my presentation, you know, and like one of them was uh, Christina Rossetti's uh, uh, "Make Adam God Again" <laughs> meme, you know. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm uh, speaking on. And then Saturday Is she going to be here? No, I don't think so. She oh. told me she was traveling. That's uh, a bummer. But um, then uh, Saturday night, uh, I, uh, I uh, along with Chelsea Homer, I'm hosting the, the uh, famed kickball game between fundamentalists and uh, ex-Mormons, the... Team Higher Law versus Team Outer Darkness, <laughs> you know, which is in great fun. You know, they have a picnic going on. They have a trivia game going on at the same time. But, of course, people will just have to find out about this afterwards and then make plans for next year because we're going to do it again next year. So, <laughs> <laughs> Is Steve Pineacker always going to be the umpire? I don't know. but He's team evangelical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Steve, Steve is, uh, is going to be the, the umpire. And I think that he actually has like a – an official certification to be an umpire. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Um, I do want to clear up one other thing, especially since I was uh, giving misinformation, and I hate to do that. It was a, it was a complete accident. Are you aware um, if in the AUB do they excommunicate people over DNA results? You know, uh, everything that I have to say on that is just rumors that I've heard. Okay. But uh, the rumors that I've heard is that different families, including the Jessops, that every time they do DNA tests that they can't, they come up with the same African markers. Now, what action they've taken on that, I don't know. Generally, what happens, I know a lot of fundamentalists that just flat out don't believe in DNA tests because the results are coming up questionable, that DNA is, is fake news. Oh, brother. Know? So, uh, well, that's one way to deal with it, I guess. But. Yeah, but uh, as far as like for sure what's happening, other than just rumor, I don't, I don't know for sure. Okay, so it sounds like there's a difference of opinion on how yes, to handle that. Certainly. Um, are, are you aware of anybody who has been excommunicated from the AUB over a DNA test? No, you're not aware. No. Okay, so they might be more. Forgiving on race a little bit, especially African blood, than say the Thompson Group or whatever. Not likely. I, I would say that they have uh, created um, a narrative, like I just mentioned, where DNA tests aren't real. Oh, 
and so they can be ignored. They probably encourage people not to take them, I would guess. Possibly. I can't say for sure on that. I, it's so hard. I, I'm I so appreciate it. Well, and so Joe hard. kind of is too because he's been out for a while. Um, so hard to get somebody from their group on. So I've tried to get Marianne Watson, but she said oh, no. Yeah. That would be great. Marianne's great. And in fact, when I was doing the research on the Polynesian uh-huh. uh, issue, Marianne's one of the ones who um, was providing me quotes. Oh. <laughs> so I don't think that necessarily she was taking one side or another, but she was trying to show me through church history what these, hmm. a lot of the early brethren said in that regard. Because her husband is the leader now, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah so she, and I think that's why she's keeping a low profile. Yeah. So it's a bummer for me. Like, what did she refer to? Matthias, uh, Matthias Cowley, not not the senior, but Matthias Cowley Jr. And he's got an initial somewhere in his name. I don't remember what it is, but he actually served a mission in the in the uh, Pacific Islands. And uh, so she referred me over to his. Is this uh, the right apostle name. that got excommunicated or somebody no, else? No, it was his son. It was his son. Yeah. Okay. Well, very good. Is there anything else we need to cover? No, not that I can think of. Well, this has been a fascinating tour through Mormon fundamentalism. I wasn't aware of the Thompsonites, so uh, I'll, I'll add that one to my list of schisms. They would prefer it if people didn't know about them, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm sure there will be some blowback from all this. <laughs> well, I wish you well with that, but you're not in their group anymore. No, I, so it doesn't I'm not matter. In any group. I'm just out, out by my lonesome, just an independent. Uh, here, I'm going to ask this question, and we'll edit it out if you want me to. <laughs> but I know people are going to say, "Do you have more than one wife?" No, I lived plural marriage for 13 years. Okay, um, but uh, you know, unfortunately, divorce happens even in plural marriages. And, okay. Uh, I had been separated from my second wife for almost as long as I was married to her, and I just have the one wife right now. Okay. Okay. Not really looking for another one. Okay. Uh, But you would be open to it if... I'm not seeking it, but like if circumstances happened that somebody um, were interested in a in a uh, disabled man who's broke all the time, then maybe. <laughs> but uh, unless that happens, I'm, I'm happy not looking for another wife. Okay. So. <laughs> and your wife's not pressuring into it? Oh, no, she's bugging me. She, she persistently, and uh, we've discussed this in public, so it's okay for me to say that. Okay. She, she uh, is always saying things like, when are you going to go out and find another wife? Really? She wants me to live plural marriage again. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. So, well, this does bring up one more question then. As an independent, do you have the authority to seal yourself to another wife? No, I have to seek out somebody. You'd have to seek out either an independent or AUB or somebody. But let me just put it this way. I know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> so it's like if I, it ever came to that, I would know who to contact. Oh, okay. So. So those are kind of like the underground railroad. You know who to talk to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, very good. All right. Well, Moroni Lopez Jessup, 
This has just been a treat. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a whole year. I know. We've been talking about this for a year, so I'm finally glad to be able to get on here. And I'm glad we didn't have to deal with bad internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for those who uh, have ever listened to my uh, episodes with Lindsay or on other podcasts like the Mormon Renegade podcast, I have connectivity issues where I live. Yeah. And it always makes for really garbled, uh, almost unlistenable um, episodes. So I'm glad that we could be face to face. Yes, me too. You know. So I, I appreciate you indulging me and, and coming up here for Sunstone. So oh, my pleasure. Thanks. So thank you so much for being here on Gospel Tangents. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with punk rock polygamist Moroni Lopez Jessup. Moroni, thank you so much for coming up to Sunstone and sitting down with me. This was in the works for at least a year to get Moroni. So thank you so much, Moroni, for for coming up and and sitting down with me. In our next conversation, we're going to talk about another person kind of peripheral to the September 6th, Janice Allred. She has a very famous sister and brother-in-law that I think you know. I'm Janice Allred. Uh, My famous sister is Margaret Toscano and her husband, Paul. If you'd like to hear the entire interview uncut, subscribe on either Patreon or at GospelTangents.com. For just $5 a month, you can hear the entire audio uninterrupted. On our $10 tier, if you'd like to see the whole video, you can see that uh, either on YouTube.com slash GospelTangents, or I've got a special Facebook group devoted for uh, full videos. So subscribe at GospelTangents.com and uh, sign up for just $10 a month. For $20 a month, if you'd like to get some bonus content, uh, maybe some of the stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor, you can sign up for that. And then if you'd like to talk to me for $100 a month, we'll, we'll do a monthly phone call on something like Zoom, and you can ask me anything you want. So thanks again. Also, don't forget about the merch, mugs, T-shirts, um, hats, things like that. I'm trying to get the ties up there. Hopefully I can get up up there. And uh, thanks again for watching Gospel Tangents and click here for some more videos.